time I hear songs like that, something to do with Jesus coming back, I always link myself to it because he could have stayed dead. But he came back for me. I don't know about you. I don't know. You're not, you're not saying as if you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, and um, when I see things or hear things like that, it, it, it touches something on the inside of me that it's so hard for me to just keep calm. Because when you look at it, to bring someone back to life is not just like that. So many things have been put together and dumped on that dead body and that thing come to life. You know, sometimes you look at it because the Bible said, wake up, and it wakes up. No, it's not that straightforward. There's something, you know, in, in my language, when you see a lily on the river or stream just moving like this, they no, normally say that the lily, that's the plant, is moving or dancing to a melody that has been played to that plant. So don't just look at it, it's just a plant moving. I don't know if you're with me. You know, when the Bible says wake up, it's simple to just say wake up. But that word carries more than just wake up. There's something in that word. Jeremiah says that we see that say a thing. And that thing comes to pass when God has not given the permission. Okay? We're talking about sons of God. Please, tell your neighbor, don't blink. Praise God. May God give you understanding. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Praise the Lord. Before I go on, uh, we have... Um, books from my father and the Lord in the presence of um, Reverend George Adegboye. The books are not for sale, so I'm not here to market any book, to sell any book. It's just to add to the library of the church. So at the, at the moment, we, we, we are able to come with three books. Um, don't worry, don't worry I, I, I know the title. One is uh, Men of Like Passion. Men of Like Passion. In that book, you will understand and see that troubles, challenges that we go through, people in time past, they've gone through them. The likes of Elijah, you know, being threatened by, by a woman that was going to kill him and all of that. So you're not the only one that is actually going through troubles and trials and tribulations. And the second one, it's uh, decision-making made easy. Decision-making made easy. I mean, nothing can take the place of the Bible. So these books are not there to take the place of the Bible or tell you how to make decision. But there's a proverb, not in the Bible, but there's a saying that says, if you want to know about the journey ahead, ask those that are coming from that journey. So decision-making made easy. It's all about being able to know whether I should go for option A, option B, option C, what are the things I need to look at, look for, know, before I can make those decisions? This book will point you, guide you towards that. It's not going to tell you, so don't come and get the book because you want the book to tell you. No, the book is not for that. Like I said, the book is not replacing the place of the Bible. The Bible is still the word of God. And the last one, which is the supreme task of the church, the supreme task of the church, 
That particular book is to provoke you to understand and come to the realization of the great promise and commission God has given unto us. That is so winning. So winning. I'm not going to tell you about the book. I'm not going to tell you. So try and find and get the book. Pastor will tell you how to get the book to read and return. Okay? Like I said, it is not for sale. And I'm not yet to sell any book because I'm not a salesman. Praise the Lord. Father, we glorify your name. We worship, honor, and adore you, O God, because you are our Father. And we thank you because you are a faithful Father. We give you praise, O God. And as we go into your word, pray that, 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 that our, 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 our understanding, the highs of our understanding, will be enlightened through the Spirit in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. The book of John, chapter 1. It's a common one. Everyone has said so many things about this book. Book of John. John 1, chapter 1. Did I say John 1, chapter 1? Excuse me. Please, just flow with me. Flow with me. And please, don't blink. Don't blink. John chapter 1. Can we read from verse 10? Verse 10 to verse 13. He was in the... I, I will not do so much... Um, ex, uh, I want to say exegesis, but I will not do so much explanation into some words because throughout yesterday, people have said so many things. I will try and go straight into what I'm here to do. And hopefully, we will flow with it. Verse 10 says, He was in the world. And the world was made by him, and the world knew. You know, it's so funny. It's like you've, you give birth to a child, and you feed that child, and you raise that child, and you send that child to school, and you send that child to university, and you send that child to whatever, and you were there in the graduation of that child. And, the, and after the child graduated, and he started making money, and he looks at it and says, I don't know you. Just that's what that picture is all about. The world, he made them, but they do not know him. Praise the Lord. So I'm, I, I had to explain it that way so that some people can really relate. You know how disappointing it could be you telling your father, I don't know you. Or your father telling you, I don't know you. Praise the Lord. Verse 11, please. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. You know, in life, Things happen, and I'm glad that his own did not receive him. May you, may you get understanding. Verse 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed unto his name. 13, please. Which were burned not by the blood or not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. The title of the message is Power to Become. Power to Become. Power to Become. You know, whenever we hear the word power, there are some, there are some words in the Bible that when we hear, we just hear it and just, it's like it comes in 
and we just use it. Words like power, words like love. But it's not just you saying it. It's the intent or the reason of why the word is coming out. When you look at it, according to what the Bible says in Genesis 6-5, it said, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent, every intent, every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Because someone is telling you I love you doesn't mean they really do love you. Because you have the power, if you don't understand the kind of power you have, you may not know how to use it. I said it earlier today that John 1, 12 says, so I mean that I believe you give them power. It's a different power there to the other powers that we see in the Bible. As we go on, we'll start seeing different kinds of power. And we zero in on this particular power here, on how to use it and when to use it. Matthew 6, 5 says, and when you pray, he's talking about teaching them how to pray. Matthew 6, 5. He says, when you pray, he says, you, shall be, you shall not be like the hypocrites. Because the hypocrites, when they pray, they, they show their tongues on how to pray. You know, when you pray, you know, they, they put so much facade. That doesn't bother God. What bothers God is the intent, the reason why you pray. And Jesus went on and says, you shut the door, pray in secret. He said, your father... Who sees in secret will reward you openly. The other thing that is close to the secret Jesus was talking about there was the intent or is the intent of the heart. The intent of the heart is so secretive that nobody, I cannot tell you this, the, the intent of whoever is seated here, except the Holy, Holy Spirit revealed that to me. So apart from yourself and God, no one else knows the intent of your heart. But one thing you need to understand that God sees beyond the flesh, beyond the bones, and he sees the intent. That's what the Bible says in, 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 in Psalm 91. He said, he said, He that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say, but you have to, first of all, understand how to access the secret place of the Most High before you will be able to abide. Proverbs 18.10 says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are But if you don't know the passcode, how to get into that house, you will die outside. The secret belongs to God. And that's why the Bible says, He that dwell in the secret place of the most shall abide under the, on the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say, but you cannot say, if you don't understand or you don't have the passcode or to, to, to decrypt the secret things. We'll get to how to decrypt all these things. Because if I give you things, I give you my phone, if you don't know my passcode, you cannot get into it no matter what you do. The phone is useless in your hand. Even when you are in trouble, you cannot even use it. But I have the phone fully charged. But I can't, do, I can't do anything with it because you don't know the secret or the passcode to break or to go beyond what you're looking at. Our sons 
as daughters of the Most High, I, I, I love to call God the Most High. Because that gives us a bit of an understanding that he is not our mate. He's the Most High. After God is God, there's no higher than God. All the other deity in this world, the principalities, the powers, no matter what continent you come from, they still reside under him. So after God is God. So tell me, where are you going to take your case to? God has made the judgment. You say you want to appeal. Appeal to who? Who's going to take your case? Who? After God is God. First Corinthians. It was mentioned here yesterday, chapter 13. Talking about, Paul was talking. He said, do I speak, that's 13, do I speak with the tongues of men and, and the tongues of angels? But I have not love. I have become a sounding brass. What should be a melody will become unknowing. A brass is part of um, the music instrument. Normally when it's played well and played right, you will enjoy it because it's played with with, with love, is wrapped in love. But when it's used in the other way, it will become annoying. Why are you making so much noise? And that's what most of us we become. We make so much noise to our fellow students, to our fellow neighbors. We make so much noise to our wives, to our children. The Bible says we should not provoke our children to, to, to become wild. We've made so much noise into their ears and their head that most of our children don't even want to hear about G talk about Jesus. We've made so much noise, not, not just saying it, but the way we behave in the house. The way we behave in our secret places. And that's why most of our children will see us and say, oh, no, if this is what it takes to be a Christian, and you know what? I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Whenever you see Christ, it's the same Christ you see outside. It's the same Christ you see inside. We need to stop living two kinds of life. Okay? If you are the power of God, remain the power of God. If you are the dunamis of God, remain the dunamis of God. Praise the Lord. John 15, 9. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping here, Bob. Praise the Lord. John 15, 9. Please just follow me. I'm, I'm trying to get us somewhere. You know, we talk about power to become, but we first of all look at the word love. Like I said, there are words in the Bible that when people just say, we don't understand the deep meanings of these things. So it's good for us to have a, the, the, the highs of our understanding to be enlightened. Then when you now have it, you won't abuse it. Because if you don't know how to use something, there's nothing you can do, you abuse it. Okay? John 15, this is Jesus talking. He says, as the Father loved me. John 15, 9. He said, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Now, Jesus, you know, there was a day I was in my house. And I was just thinking about Jesus, thinking about what he has said. I called my wife. I said, Jesus... I don't know if I said the way I, I said it to her. I said, Jesus said it's so correct that 
he doesn't say things just because you feel like saying it. He says it because there's something he's trying to address or attach. If you look at this word here, as the Father had loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. This love and this love, apart from be, being in past tense, let, let's, let's, let's bring it to present tense now. This love here and this love here is not the same as this love. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There's nothing secret about the word of God. We just need to do more. You just need to research more. You just need to yearn for more. What I've said here is there's, there's no mystery there. I'll say that again. For as the Father has loved me, if you, read, if you read the Hebrew, no, the Greek, because the New Testament is written in Greek. If you read the Greek words behind all this word, you will not understand what I'm talking about. If you have a Greek Bible here, you can quickly flip through it. As the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. The first two love are the same. The last love is not the same. The first two love is agapao. Agapao. A-G-A-P-A-O. Agapao. The first two love there is agapao. The last love there is agape. They are not the same. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to challenge your mind. How can you say they are not the same? They are not the same. John 3.16 that we love to quote. As, the, say, as God loved the world. As he gave his only begotten son. The love there is, is, is agape. But the love Jesus. The first love Jesus mentioned there. Is not the same as we go on. So don't let us dwell so much on that. Then verse 10, he said, if ye, this is John 15, he's talking to you know, the beginning of John 15 was talking about, I am the vine, you are the, the, the my father is the husband, man, da, 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 da. you know, the true vine. So I won't waste time there. I know people are looking intense. If you look, no matter how much you look at that love, it won't change to what I've just said. Go and study. The Bible says, study to show yourself approve unto God, not unto men. I'm not saying this to feel okay. No. There's, if, you, if someone comes up here and you are not challenged, then the, the thing is not okay. You need to have a drive, a, a, a drive in you that when I get home, I know I need to sit down and go through this. And the good thing is there's internet. You can Google Greek Bible. You will see what I'm talking about. Verse 10. This is John chapter 15. If you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love. That love is agape. Just as I have kept my father's commandment and abide in his love. Now agape. Now I'm thinking, Jesus, why are you flipping from this to that? He's trying to drive at something. And that's why when I called my husband, Jesus' head, Jesus' mind is, is that's why he said, his mind is about the heavenlies. It's about the things of his father. And that sh we, should, we should emulate that. That whatever I do should be about the heavenlies, about the kingdom of my father. Not, I'm not, I shouldn't be involved in 
All of these things. The Bible says in Psalm 1, verse 1, it says, Blessed is a man that, that walking on this kind in, 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 in the way of the sinner or standing in the sorry, the blessed is a man that walking on in in not in the counsel of the of the ungodly. You're, now you're quoting the version I'm not used to, but that's fine. But, but not stand in the way of the sinner, or not, not sit in the seat of the scornful. He said, "Is the light? Is the light? Is the light? Is the, is in the law of the law? Do you think it's, there's any delight in you obeying laws? But you will grow as a child to a point which you understand that this law is for me. Then you find delight in it." If you go further in that Psalm chapter 1 that I've just I've tried to quote, that he will be like a tree planted by the riverside, bringing forth. But before you start bringing forth, if you reverse that, you go, before bringing forth, you have to delight. Before delight, I have to know the law. Praise the Lord. 11. These things I have spoken to you. I'm, I'm still reading chapter 15, John. This thing I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. Can I have a cup, an empty cup here, please, and a tray? Quickly, please. You know, I have decided not to rush the message. Wherever we get to, can I get a tray? Please, wherever we get to, we'll stop. But the main thing is our high sum of understanding is being enlightened. And you can see, okay, God is real. God is real, okay? As they bring the tree, I will continue reading. You know, I said it here that without the joy of Jesus in me, my, just, my joy have no chance of being full. Without the joy of Jesus in me, my joy has got no, no chance of being full. You know why? The world out there is so thirsty that they are so quick to choke up my joy. I need Jesus' joy in me for me to be able to reach to other people. Your joy is not enough to reach anybody. Even your joy is not even enough to reach you. But you, Jesus, Jesus was trying to let them see that without you, without me, you can't go far. You can only go one step at a time. Please can you help me open this? One step at a time. Just open and leave it. Thank you. So just follow me. This is, can, you, can we all see this cup? I'm not performing any magic here. It's just cup and water. So, so as you can see, some people, if I ask some people, they say it's half full, it's half empty. It doesn't matter. But let's see, this is a level of my joy. And I'm thirsty. Do you think this will reach me? My size. Do you think this will quench my, my thirst? Thank you. Now, Jesus said, my joy. This is Jesus' joy. Let's just assume. He said, my joy needs to be in you. As I allow Jesus' joy to be in me, what happens to my joy? So now I'm demonstrating John chapter 15 and 11 here. He said, things that I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you. Now, please, can you tell me the first part of water that I pour inside this cup? 
and the second part of the water that I pour inside this cup, can you differentiate them? Can you separate them? That is what the joy of God does to us. Now, look at it very well. Now my joy is full, but God does not stop there. One thing I know about God, if you pray for a thousand pounds, God will not give you a thousand pounds. He will give you a way to make more than a thousand pounds. Okay? He gives extra. That's what I'm trying to say. God just don't give just. He gives more than enough. Now, this is Jesus' joy. Now I'm full to the brim. But Jesus knows that the journey ahead is far. He knows the people that I will meet along the way, they will ask for more. And it will keep pouring. Now I'm overflowed. What I have can reach me. Can reach others. Without Jesus, we cannot do anything for ourselves. Not to talk about for others. As a father. I mean, I'm married. We have two boys. As I can say, as a father. I'm only trying. I'm a caretaker. I'm only trying to make sure that our kids are actually aligned and positioned. It's only God that will determine what they will become in life. When the prophet came, according to 1 Samuel chapter 16, he came to the house of Jesse. Jesse never saw a king. I've mentioned it here before. He never saw a he never saw David to David. How do I know? When the prophet came, he has prepared the other guys. They were ready. You know, some would bow there like me to collect the oil. But as soon as the prophet sees them, God says, mm -mm, I'm not with him. Don't worry, leave it, leave it, leave it. Don't worry. The prophet said, no, I'm not with him. The next one, the next one, the next one. That showed me that David, I mean, Jason never saw David as someone that can be a king. And it didn't mean any harm. Because Jason happened to be David's dad. And he can tell me that, oh yeah, he should have seen it. No, as a father, we can't see everything. And sometimes when we become overprotective, we cut our children away from where they could reach in life. We diminish the extent at which their light should shine because we have been overprotective. I'm trying to be in Jesse's position and I'm thinking maybe because he's the youngest, he's trying to say, no, I don't want him to be endangered. But when they reach the last person, God said no. And God said, ask him. Is there anyone? He said, there's one. He said, we will not sit down. Said, we will not sit down. I love that. God had to stand. Because back then, prepare being in your house is a representation of God. God had to stand for David to come. And the guy was anointed. I've I'm not sure if I've explained it here. Anointing. Two words make the word anointing. Acceptance and approval. No matter who you are, the Bible says if any man be in Christ is a new creature, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. If you become born again, you're anointed. 
A child of God, you are anointed. No matter whether you hold the mic or you don't hold the mic, you are behind the camera, what have you, you are anointed. Okay? That's the first phase anointing is on you because you've been accepted. The second phase, most of the time, takes time for us to understand it. In terms of what do we do, how do we go, developing our ministry. That's approval. All of us here, as a child of God, you have a ministry. God has approved you to do something. I'm not standing here to tell you God has said, no, I don't know. You need to search it out. You need to search, talk to your father. Praise the Lord. So without Jesus' joy, my joy have no way to stand the troubles of this life, the challenges of this life, the want of this life, the need of this life. I need Jesus. And that's why I say, go in secret. Bow your knees. Pray. So that you can get supply. Inflow. Jesus even say, 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 say one, on the last day, that's Jesus, say, this is John chapter 7 now. Say on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes, he, what they again, believes. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow what? You need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need you. I need you. Every night I need you. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Something happened in Mark chapter 10. Jesus was about to go out and his entourage, which he didn't call for anyway, they were following him. And there was a man by the roadside. He said, what's going on? He said, it was, it's Jesus. Now, this is Mark chapter 10, I think from verse 46. The thing that shook me and touched my heart, Bartimaeus never addressed Jesus as Jesus. He showed this guy has been studying. This guy has, has been studying. This is Mark chapter 10. He said, oh, son. He didn't call Jesus. You know, there are, there are places that if I go to, and they call, their names, they call me, and, uh -uh. you know me, you know me, you know me. You don't need anyone to tell because they know, they know my root. Blind Bartimaeus knew something. All of the entourage that was following him, most of them they don't. They. And what did Jesus do? Jesus what? He, he stood. The same way God stood. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, I just, I just explained. Jesus stood. When he called for son of David. They said, he's not here for someone like you. I was the blind Bartimaeus calling for help. But the people following Jesus said, he can't help you. See, that was simple and plain. And because they told me that he can't help me, and I went into my pity mode. 
And I started crying. Whatever will be. No, it's, it, the Bible says, and he cried out more. The old son of David. Never, never stop calling Jesus until he hears. And the Bible says, who is that one? Make what is wrong? Bring him. Now listen, listen. Something happened. Be human. We change a lot. The same people that were saying, be quiet. What did they say to him? Be of good, you can dance, so dance. He's calling you. From crying to cheering. And they called him. And Jesus looked at him. What do you want? As if he doesn't know. Sometimes we face Jesus and he asks us, what do you want? Make sure you ask and you answer right. Like what uh, Minister Sissi say, said here. So many things are happening around you. Make sure you stay focused. Eyes on the price. So that I may receive my sight. This was person begging. He didn't say, bless me, Father. With a million pounds, I'll be okay. No. All he wanted was light. Light is highest of understanding. To be enlightened. To be awakened. Praise the Lord. So I, I, I was talking about agape and agapao. So we saw there that there were two things Jesus spoke about. But even though he spoke about them, they felt the same. Because we had three loves there. Two of them is agapao. One of them is agape. So many of you are looking at me. Okay, we will see what he's going to say. How he's going to explain this. Don't worry. Spirit of God will minister to you. Praise the Lord. Agape. Let me quickly explain this as I move on. Agape can be a noun. So you can call or represent God or call God as agape. Because the Bible does not, he does, does, not, does not love, does not know God. For God is one. So God is love. Okay? Some of you are still looking. I will continue. I will explain now. Hopefully you get this. You know, this morning I was talking about power. Jesus was, Jesus was called the power of God, the dunamis of God. Okay? So sometimes you look at these things that they just said power. But the power there, when they called Jesus was the power of God, or is the power of God, it's not the same power in, in John 1, 12 that said, so as men that believed in him, he gave them power. They are not to the, the same power. So agape is a now or can be a state. A state. When I say a state, I don't mean a state in a country. A state of mind. Agape can be a state of your mind. As depression can be a state of, your, of someone's mind. Unhappiness can be a state of someone's mind. As a child of God, as the sons and daughters, as sons and daughters of God, agape should be our state of mind. Agape should be our state of mind. I'm sure people still don't understand, but as I explain, you will continue to understand, you know. As a child of the Most High, we always need to, th to push, to thirst, to get to that state of mind. Because once we have that, 
We lock it there. No matter what, it is there. No one can take it away. Nobody. Even the devil cannot take it away. Romans 8, 35. Say, who shall separate us? This is Paul now talking. Say, who shall separate us from the love, which is agape, of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Verse 38, I'm jumping now. Verse 8 now say, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature can or shall be able to separate us from Agape is the love of God. If we get to that state in our mind that God loves me as a son, no matter what people say to me, God loves me. No matter what they throw at me, God loves me. No matter what they say about me, God loves me. I don't care who you are. I don't care what to do. I don't care what you believe in. But one thing I know, God loves me. We need to get to that state. Once we get to that state, we lock it up. We know that no matter what comes my way, he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Paul understood this. Paul understood that. He knew that no matter what they do to me, I know he loves me. And that's why you could see he had that backing of love. And whatever you love, you will not let it go. You will think about it. Even when you're sleeping, you will dream about it. He loves me. Can you say to yourself, God, thank you for loving me. Now, agapao, that's the A-G-A-P-A-O, is a verb. Is a verb. It has to be expressed. It has to be expressed. You have to express agapao. Now, people are still looking at me. You have to express it. And it means to value the same way God values. Agapao means to value the same way God values. No matter what Jesus did, no matter who he met, he still put value on them. He doesn't say, oh, you, an alot. Mm. Mm. No, they brought her. And they said, we caught her. At the very act. But Jesus still valued her. The blind guy I mentioned, blind Bartimaeus, according to Mark 10, Jesus still valued him. The one Jesus met by the pool, his son, he didn't call him anything. He valued him because his son, without being made whole. If he doesn't value, he won't call him son. And that is like a power. We express God's love towards people. We value the same way God Value. Praise the Lord. As we move on, let's move straightly into. I don't know if I should. How much time do I have? Praise the Lord. Matthew 22. Let's just go straight to that. Don't worry about time. Wherever we stop, we stop. Just to buttress the love thing, I think this place will really put it home or take it home for us. Matthew 22, from verse 34 to 40. The Bible says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, that's talking about Jesus, 
Matthew 22, 34 to 40. He said, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. 35. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? 37. Jesus now answered. Jesus said to him, ye shall what? Pause, 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 pause. The first one, the first love there is a good power. So you shall love. That means you shall value. Okay, please go with me. You shall value the Lord your God with all of your heart. The heart there in Greek is kardia. With all of your heart, which is my feelings. Please, just follow me. When, I, when we are done with this, you will get the, I can guarantee you will get the picture. With all of my heart, which is my cardio, which is all of my feelings, no matter how I don't feel good today, no. There's something like that as a son, as, a do as daughters of God, okay? I'm using daughters just to make sure that people are comfortable. With all of your soul, which is suke in, in Greek, suke, that soul there is my breath, every breath. should be loving God. Okay? This is what God wants. Okay? Remember, someone asked him the greatest commandment. Now he's now telling the person the great commandment. Say, with the breath and with all your mind, that is my comprehension. With all my mind, you know, the Greeks say, you say, call it, you call it dianoia. That's my deep thought and imagination. Now, when you think about these explanations, if you use your feeling, your deep thought and imagination to love God, tell me, what else do you have to be angry at your next neighbor? As a son of God, God demands this. As I am a living entity, I should be living for God. Because my breath should be living for God. My feelings should be living for God. My reaction should be living for God. Because everything I do should be saying, Jesus, God, Jesus, God. Not fight, 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 fight. No. You should be saying, love, 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 love. Now, the next thing. This is the first and the great commandment, Jesus said in verse 38. 39, and said, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, on these two commandments, he said, on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophet. Now, when he say hang, if I take out my jacket and I hang it on something, that thing I'm hanging my jacket on should be the commandment Jesus is talking about here. Okay? So without that thing, I can't hang my jacket. Let me explain. If I'm a prophet or whatever, and I'm prophesying and all of that, but I have no hook to that anger, whatever I do, and that's why Paul said, even if I speak with the voice, of angels, 
I see prophecy. I say this. I say that. I bring heaven down. There's no Lord. There's no love. They're just, we just wasted time, wasted energy. He said, I am like a clanging cymbal. Rather than bringing melody, I'll be bringing pain, noise to people. Now, if you look at it very well, the, the Greek word of that two commandments is actually entole, which is the authoritative prescription. Authoritative prescription. That's why in this day and age, when you say we are no longer under the law, we're under grace. But let me tell you, even though we are under the grace, there is still an authoritative prescription which we have to go by, live our life by. What do I mean by authoritative prescription? If you go to the doctors or the pharmacy and they give you a prescription, take one in the morning, one in the afternoon, one at night, because you complain something is going on. If you don't take those things, that thing will still be there. Now, if you don't take this dose, loving God and loving your neighbor, that thing will still be there. That's why it is an authoritative, not just a prescription, an authoritative prescription. Now, I'm going into the power now. The authoritative prescription. If you look at John 1, 12, it says, To as many that believed in him, he gave them an authority. So if I want the devil to flee, I want the devil to answer to what I'm telling him or her. I don't care what gender the devil could be. And I refuse to follow the authoritative prescription my father has given to me. Do you think it will work? It will not work. Because I have not followed the authoritative prescription. As I move on, we will look at two, maybe three. Okay, let's look at three dimensions of powers. There are different kinds of power in the Bible. We've seen over and over, over and over, over and over. There are different dimensions of power. We have dunamis, we have inigie, we have iskus, we have kretos. There are different dimensions of power. But it all depends on which one are we or have we been given. For Samuel chapter 30. This meeting is a teaching. And I like to teach to go down and understand. Because you're going on with something that you can sit down. Are you serious? You're going on with something. Sorry, they just told me about my time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. First Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. But I'll zero in on verse 4. First Samuel 30, when you get home, you can, you can try to read. First Samuel chapter 30 from verse 1 to verse 8. But I'll zero in on verse 4. So then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more what? No, that power there is iskus. 
So Iskus power is that power there. And Iskus can be explained or expressed as ability, force, strength, or might. Okay? As we move on, because of time. Matthew 6, 8 to 15. When you get home, you can please write all this down. 8 to 15, but verse 13 says, And do not lead us unto temptation, but, but what? Deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power. That power, there's the dunamis power. The same power they expressed or talked about Jesus. Jesus is actually the dunamis of God. Praise the Lord. There are different scriptures here talking about the power of the dunamis. Luke one thirty-five, and the angel answered, said to her, the only three overshadow you and the power of the most. It's talking about dunamis there. Okay? Now, 1 Corinthians 18. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18 to 25. I'll quickly run this. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But, you know, when the Bible says for those who are perishing, it's funny. Because when Noah told them that the, the storm is coming, it was foolishness. Eh? It, was, it was foolishness. Okay. When the sun is this scorching, how can you say one sun is coming? Yeah. No, no, there's no rain. I look at the forecast. Ah, there's no rain. But to us who have been saved in the, in its it for us who are being saved, it is the power. It is dunamis. It is the dunamis of God. That's Jesus. Okay, for it is written, "I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent." That's the wise or those that have gone to school. They think they've studied theology and they know more than God. Prudent. Where is the wise? Now, question: Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world for sins in the wisdom of God the world through wisdom did not know God it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe the Jews we still have Jews in our midst Still waiting for signs, waiting for wonders. Said so the Jews request a sign, and the Greek seek after understanding or sorry after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, to them. Now listen to them, to the Jews that we preach Christ crucified. It happened to be a stumbling block, rather than being an upliftment. Okay. Because of their understanding was shallow. Okay? To them, a stumbling block. And to the Greek, foolishness. But to those who are called, like myself, both Jews and the Greek, Christ the power, that's dunamis, of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness and the weakness of God. Ephesians 1, quickly. 19 to 20. 
Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Sorry, I'm reading from verse 15. Sorry. That the good that that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18. The highs of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope. Some, some, some versions is confidence of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the what? Another version will say is allotment among saints. Okay? Now, because of when you go to firm, okay, you have allotment. They've carved out a space and your name is there. Nobody can take your space. It is yours. Okay? We are waiting for you to come and claim it. Okay? That is what the scripture is saying there. There's, you know, when Jesus spoke to them in John 14, he said, in my father's house, there are many mansions there. There's, there's more than enough for everybody. So there's no room or there's no need for competition. What we should be doing is complementing each other rather than competing. Because we are all the same. Joint hairs. Jesus never came. He said, I didn't come to destroy the, the, the law. So I've come to fulfill it. So what the Lord demanded of, I have come to pay that. That's all. Praise the Lord. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his... Now, listen. What and what is the exceeding greatness of his dunamis towards who believe according to the working. Now, the working there is another power. According to the working, the working there is inigir, is energy. It's another power. According to the working of his mighty, that mighty, there's another power, which is Iskus. Please follow me. Now, I've mentioned three powers now. The first one I've said is what? Is Inigir. The second one is what? Dunamis. The third one is what? Iskus. Now, the mighty, there is the Iskus. Then the power after the mighty is Kratos. Kratos. Okay? Kratos is divine personification of strength. Say, God, give me strength. You're asking for Kratos. Samson, when he asks, he asks for Kratos. Just give me the last push. That's Kratos. It is divine one. God is something God just give. Now, in all of this power, John 1, 12 power, it's still not there. John 1, 12, when he says to as many that believe, remember the title of the message is power to believe. To as many that believe, he gave them power. The power Jesus gave is still not here, mentioned here. Verse 20, which he worked in Christ. Now, all of this, God worked all of this power in Christ. Just to sort him out. That's why as, a, as parents, if you call home that you are short of money, even they don't have money to eat at home, they work power 
to make sure something comes to you. So that gives the people an idea. Jesus, God had to do all of this to sort Jesus out, okay, as his father, all right? When he, he said, he said, this is verse 20, he said, which he walked in, in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Now, you could see what God went through, what God actually had to put in place, in action, four kinds of power just to get his son up, okay? And seated him at the right side of who? Heavenly place. In the heavenly place. Okay? Before they come and drag me out. Now we, I hope our understanding is getting better. Okay? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's not Jesus. Oh, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 28. Matthew 28. It should be from 11 to 20, but I won't read from 11 to 20. Okay? I'll read from 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All power! Is that in your Bible? And Jesus said to them, what? All power has been what? Given to me in heaven. The same power that was given to Jesus is the same power that he gave to us in John 1.12. And that power is exousia, which is delegated power. Delegated power. If I call someone now and I give them my credit card and I give them the PIN, I've given that person the delegated power to buy anything. Jesus gave us a delegated power. And that's why in Daniel 11, it says, They that know their God shall be strong and do the, the original text, there's no exploit there. Because I can do, because I have the delegated power Jesus has given to me. And because I have delegated power, there are conditions attached to it. There are conditions attached to it. You have to be responsible. You have to be responsible. I have to be responsible. Because what I carry is so potent that if I don't use it well and wisely, I may kill myself with it. It's a delegated power. I can abuse it. I mean, there are lots of videos on the internet and you see people abusing the pulpit of God just because they have the power. I can abuse it. I'll close with this. Second Kings. 
from chapter 4. I will just talk about the story, but I won't read it. Second Kings chapter 4 from verse 27 to 31. This was Geazi from 27 to, to 31. This was Geazi, the woman that lost his uh, child and all of that. And the woman came to Elisha crying, crying, crying. And he came towards Elisha and, he knelt, and she knelt down. I told you, don't deceive me. Told you, I never asked for his son. She was grieving. Her soul was bitter. What did Geazi, what did you do? They didn't send him. Hmm? Over Sabi protocol officer. What did he do? Trying to push the woman away from Elisha. Now, you know, I, when I was talking about love, that we should value people. Jesus will not do that. Hmm? At least you can see the woman, that something is wrong with her, crying her eyes out, and, you know, grieving. And she was there. And Gehazi, pushing her, don't touch him. Don't get, get. What did Elisha say to her, to him? Come on, can't you see? At least even if you don't have emotional, what have you, at least you can see that he, her soul is sad. She's grieving. Let her be. Now, at that point, you will know that somebody is wrong with girls. Now, they went past that face. They went to the face of, let's answer the problem. Take my staff with you and go. But before taking the staff, Elisha said something which caught my eye. That was in verse 29. 2 Kings 29. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 29. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 29. Is it there? Then he said to Gehazi, Guard up your loins and take my staff. Another version, which is New King James Version, says, Get yourself ready. Now, as a child of God, we are about to pick up the delegated power. We need to get ourselves ready. Some of us, we are not ready. And we pick the power. And the thing will explode in our hand. I say, yeah, it's not God. Because when you look at it, the staff, Elisha told Gehazi to go. He represents his office, which represents the power. Okay? In 1 Samuel chapter, chapter 4, they brought the Ark of Covenant into the camp, represent the presence of God. This is 1 Samuel, and I'm flashing back. 1 Samuel chapter 4, they brought the Ark of Covenant, which represents the presence of God. And wherever the presence of the Lord is, the power is there. But what happened? Because with the presence and the power of God, the Philistines slew more Hamis and they took the Ark away. This is 1 Samuel chapter 4. If you have time, please go home and read these things. And study it. Don't just read like a story. Study it. There's something wrong. Because when the elders, they were so much used to God. And they took it for granted. That was a delegated power. 
That was, that was exousia. That was authority. Because when the thing came into the camp, the Bible says, and they all shouted. They were used to it. So it's not the first time. So they know what the, this thing means. And that's why they were rejoicing. Even before the war was actually done, they were rejoicing already that we are winning, no, we are winning. But they, because they know, they've experienced it before. They've experienced the, the hack as they journey through the wilderness and all of that. They know what the hack represents. But even at that, with the delicated power and the prince of God being in the camp, the Philistines slew more army. They slew before they brought the hack into the camp. Then what happened? Why is the problem? Is the problem with the hack? I know God have no problem because Bible made us to understand God is not the son of man. And after God is God. So there's nothing wrong with God, which is represent the hack of covenant. So I know there's nothing wrong with Elijah's staff, which represents Elijah's office. So who should we go to? The dead boy. He's dead. He cannot do anything. There's, there's something wrong with him. We know that from what A, from the beginning of the whole thing. This guy is dead. He's dead, dead, dead. He cannot do anything. So nothing is wrong with him in that line. Then, so who or where is the problem? Oh, you all know. He has it. Elisha told him, get yourself ready. Did he really get himself ready? Before picking the, the staff. And Elisha told him, as you go, ah, I'm carrying the staff of Elisha. Even though I'm not saluting any man, I'm making them salute me. Elisha said, don't do that. Gehazi may have done that. I wasn't there. But one thing I know is there's nothing wrong with Elisha. Because at the end of the day, he happened to be the one that woke the boy up. So nothing is wrong with Elisha. His staff, nothing is wrong with him, with that staff, sir. The boy is dead. The mother of the boy, we know, her soul was sad. Then something is wrong. And that's why as a son of God, as children of God, we need to be careful not to be bigger and greater than our father. A messenger that sees himself or herself more important than the message you are carrying, you are in trouble. You are not important or more important than the message that you've been sent. It's that message that makes you important, not you that makes the message important. As a child of God, what do I need to do? Number one, get yourself ready. Number two, don't greet anyone. Number three, don't let anyone salute you. If they are praising you, return the praise to God. No matter what you do, it's still God. I've said to people over and over, Hi, I have no power to help anybody. Whatever I have done so far, I was I'm able to assist. Please assist. Nobody's got the power to help anybody. It's only God that's got the power to help anybody. But I'm just a partaker. I'm just a player. I'm just assisting. The Bible says in Psalm 121, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where comes my help? So my helps come from the Lord. 
She's the only one that can help. Just bow our heads and say, God, help me. God, help me. As I pick this delegated power, help me. Help me to be ready. 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 One more time, let's just pray that we will be ready to take up delegated power, to take up the delegated authority that we have. Just one minute, just speak unto that. Lord, we are ready to go.